We've been looking at uh, 1 John. Uh, so if you've got your Bibles, you can open up to 1 John if you like. That's towards the back end of the Bible. Uh, we've been doing that with uh, the Beach Mission guys. Spoke a couple of weeks. And then last week I spoke on uh, being distinctively Christian. And we saw that that was about hating uh, sin, that we don't want to keep going there. Uh, it's being distinctive in the way that we love one another. Uh, and being distinctive in that also means that we're distinctive in what we believe. And so we're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 to 6 this morning. Uh, who's seen the movie Meet the Parents? Anyone seen that? It's ageing me a little bit. Uh, but Meet the Parents is where uh, a guy called Ben Stiller, uh, that, that was the actor at the time, Ben Stiller actually meets this girl in New York or somewhere, they, they get together and then he has to go home with her to meet the parents. It's always a scary thing going and meeting the parents for the very first time. Uh, if you haven't met them before. Uh, And this parent that he goes to meet is Robert De Niro, so he's very scary. So when he goes home, uh, he's in the house, and as he's searching through the house uh, and uh, accidentally comes across this secret room, and Robert De Niro in a previous life was the head of the CIA, and so he has this whole room set up with all these bits of equipment and surveillance and all this sort of stuff. And uh, one of the things that he has in there is a lie detector, Uh, And guess what happens? While he's in the room checking it out, the father-in-law comes in. And uh, so the father-in-law does what all good father-in-laws should do, is he puts the prospective son-in-law on a lie detector. Uh, And so he puts him down, sits him down, has the finger in the thing and uh, the graph going off and he's looking there to read it and he starts off with some very simple questions like, uh, uh, where do you live? Uh, What's your name? Uh, How did you get here? Did you fly here? Uh, do you like cats? Now, there's a big question for them because uh, the father-in-law had a cat that was able to do things that no other cat could do. Uh, so he had to answer all these questions and then he had the question, have you had sex with my daughter? <laughs> all over the place it was. I reckon two things that father-in-law should have if they've got a daughter, they should have a lie detector and a gun at the front door. The two best things they have, shouldn't they? Should always have those two things, great options. Uh, a lie detector, though, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, put it in, find out he's telling the truth. Uh, do we, as Christians, have a lie detector or a truth detector? Is there something that we can have that we can use that enables us to check when people are speaking to us, uh, when people are coming to the front door, when we're listening to uh, things on the net, when we're watching Christian television, uh, when people rock up and knock on the door and say they're from such and such? Do we have a truth detector? We have something that sets up what is it that is distinctive about being a follower of Jesus. What can we test these people on? Well, that's what we're going to look at today. I think 1 John chapter 4 gives us a truth detector for us to have a look at and to think through so that we can do that. Uh, So open it up, have a look at it. I'm going to read it for you and just see what it is, whether you can pick it up. Uh, There's a couple of things in there. I'm going to pick up on uh, two main things this morning about what we can have as a truth detector for us when people come to speak to us or we're listening to people and they're trying to teach us about what God is like or what life is about. Uh, 1 John 4 verses 1 through to 6. It's on the screen if you don't have any Bibles. Good to have your Bibles open though. It's good to be checking it with me and there's a good reason for that. Uh, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit But test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 
This is how you can recognise the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognise the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Well, the first thing that John says is that we need to do is we need to test everything. Uh, when he's talking about here, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, what he's talking about is do not believe everyone who comes to speak to you in the name of God, who believes that they've got something from God to say to you. And so he's saying, test them. Uh, and he's saying this specifically to these guys because at this time, this is not long after Jesus is gone, by the way, it's not long after, but there are people out there already teaching things that are different to the true gospel, different to what Christianity is all about. Uh, and there was a group that supposedly was around that time called the Gnostics who were, were teaching a specific thing about Jesus, and we're going to pick up on that in a little bit later. Uh, but what they're saying is test every spirit, John is saying, test everyone who speaks to you who are saying that they're speaking on the behalf of God or they're speaking for God. So we need to test everything. We need to test everyone. You need to test me. Uh, you shouldn't just say, well, Paul said it, then therefore it's right. Uh, we need to test everyone. We shouldn't just test uh, the people that we hear on the, big, on the screens or on our internet or the ones that are out there that are the big guys in the world at the moment in Christianity. We need to be careful. We need to test everyone. Uh, especially if someone comes up and says to you, I've got a word from God for you. We need to test it. We need to be very careful of that. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in a second too. Uh, but we need to be careful. We need to test every spirit and we need to check them out and make sure that they are telling us the truth. And so how can we know if they're telling us the truth? Uh, let me say, if you see on the back of your sheets, you'll see that there's a little outline. And the first thing you see is that we need to test their content of what they say. And there's two tests that I think come out of this passage that we need to look at. We need to test their content and the first test of their content is it's from God. Look at what he says there. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. And then if you go over to verse uh, 4, six, sorry, my eyes are getting worse, verse 6, we are, we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. From God. Uh, we need to listen, we need to seek that these, what people are telling us, are from God. And how do we do that? Well, we need to test it against Scripture, from against the Word of God. Because that's where God speaks to us, is from His Word. And when we, we test it against Scripture, then we know whether it is from God or not. And the Bible tells us about a number of ways that we need to do that, a number of ways that we can test that, whether it is from God or not. Uh, and if you look at, uh, write these down, but don't uh, look them up yet. But have a look at Deut Deuteronomy 13 when you go home and you'll see that one of the tests is whether this word is from God is if it comes true. If it doesn't come true, then it says that we should stone them. Now, we don't stone people these days, but what it's saying is it's serious. 
It is really serious. When people claim to have a word from God or speak on behalf of God, it is really, really serious. Don't take it lightly. Uh, There's a whole lot of people out there these days who are in the Christian world who tell us that they're speaking from God, they've got a word from God for this area, or I'm an apostle from God for this section, or I'm speaking into this area here from God. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. We need to test whether it comes true or not. And if it doesn't come true, then they're not from God, are they? And they've got to take that seriously. Very seriously. Uh, if you look at Deuteronomy 18, uh, it says there that God says that if someone comes to speak to you from God, then we've got another test that we can put to them is, are they going to take us to worshipping God or worshipping idols? Now, I didn't say this a minute ago, but if you notice in the Bible, when it's talking about people who are teaching stuff and we need to be wary of, they're not talking about other faiths particularly. They're actually talking about people who actually came out of Christianity. Most of the time they're talking about people who are amongst them and have gone out from them and are teaching things that are different. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but uh, if you've got a line and you've got someone here, if you start a line together, if they're in parallel, they'll run together, won't they? But if you deviate the bottom line from the top line by even a, a degree or two degrees, what happens is well, the top line will keep going, but the bottom line will just slowly, slowly, slowly get further and further away, won't it? And that's what happens with the truth. Someone can be teaching the truth and be amongst us, but then go off the line slightly. By the time you get to the end of it, they are miles away from the truth. And so we've got to be careful. And the tests are, does it come true? Secondly, is it taking us to worship God or worship idols? And I think for Christians, we need to be careful with that, don't we? Because we can actually make idols of people that we're listening to. We can make idols of gifts, particular gifts. That actually we desire this particular gift more than we desire God. If teaching is taking us that you need something extra and something special more than trusting and believing in God, then it's becoming an idol. We need to be careful of that. Worshipping God or worshipping an idol. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 3 tells us that is it going to take us to Jesus as Lord or not? I'm going to pick up on that in just a moment. And in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 says, does it align with the rest of scripture? Does it align with the rest of God's word? Is it from God? Is it from here? Uh, I can remember we were talking to some friends of ours who lived in Scottsdale and they had a particular minister in a particular domination down there and that this person had actually told a member in their congregation who was, uh, that they should leave her husband, that she should divorce her husband and leave him. And it's not particularly because he'd gone off and done something wrong or he'd uh, committed adultery or he'd abused her or anything like that. She just believed that God had a word for this person that you need to leave. Now that was clearly against scripture, isn't it? Clearly against it. You can go to scripture and say that's not on. But there are people out there who are taking us on slight deviations away from scripture. We need to pull it back to scripture. So the first test is with content. Is it from God? Is it in line with Scripture? Can we test it with Scripture? But the really biggie is the next one, isn't it? Uh, he says here, This is how you can recognise the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus is, that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Uh, many of you know we've got an above-ground pool in the back of our, our house 
and it's a great thing normally during the summer. It's been fantastic. You just dive and it's great. Uh, but what you've got to have in our pool is you've got to have chlorine in the pool. If you don't have chlorine in the pool, then you're in big trouble. And what you've got to do is you've got to test the pool to see whether the chlorine's in there. And you know what happens is often you do a test in there and I'll go and take that to the, the pool shop and I'll say, do you have any chlorine in there at all? It's like there's nothing there. I said, yeah, I think it's in there. It's been putting it in. It says, has the pool gone green yet? I said, no, no, it hasn't. I said, well, it's about to. It's about to go green. You see, if you don't have chlorine in the pool, you're cactus. If you don't have Jesus at the centre of Christianity, you're a cactus. The mould is going to set in, the fungi is going to set in, and before you know it, you're going to be green. It's going to happen. You see, that's the key factor, isn't it? That it's Jesus is the key. The test to anyone and anything that comes to your door you're listening to is whether Jesus is at the centre and Jesus alone. And it's not only that it's just Jesus, but it's Jesus specifically as the Christ and in the flesh. Uh, you see, the people who were teaching, the Gnostics at this sort of time, were, were making a division between that. They were saying, yeah, Jesus uh, was flesh, but he's not God. You see, what he's saying here is it's got to be Jesus, both God, fully God, and fully man. Deity and humanity all wrapped into one. If you have any other Jesus, you've missed it, and the chlorine's going to set, you're not going to have any chlorine, the mould's going to set in and it's going to destroy you. Deity and humanity. That's why it says the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus Christ. He is the one from God. He is God who comes into this world to bear our sin, to take our sin, uh, to nail it to the cross, to defeat our sin and rise again and give us the Spirit so that we can live for Him, to give us life now and for eternity. You can have the greatest backhand like Roger Federer, but as Ron said, unless you have Jesus, you've got nothing. Unless you have Jesus as the Saviour, then it's not worth it. Only Jesus as the Christ who saves us. But it's Jesus as human who stands in for us. You see, we were created to be in a perfect relationship with God. And the only one who did that perfectly on this earth was Jesus. He is the perfect example. In one sense, he is the perfect human being because he didn't sin, he didn't do anything wrong, he didn't go against God, he lived for God 100% in everything that he did. And so that's why he can go for us as a sacrifice for us to the cross because he's both God and human in one. And as soon as we drop either one of those, we're in trouble. So what do the JWs do? They drop the God factor. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he, was, he was a good guy and he was from God, but he wasn't God. Push them on that. Check them on that. See where they want. If you want to know where they're at, that's where they fall down. Where do the Mormons fall down? On Jesus. They've got the Bible, they've got the stuff there, but who's Jesus? Well, he's just another one of the gods. We're all going to be gods one day and we're all going to end up in our own little planet with our own little world and we're all going to be fine. It's where Jesus is, isn't it? That's the key factor. Uh, I was only just at a conversation last night around the table and we are talking about a book. I'd say it's Sam. Ellie was reading a book about a guy who um, had a near-death experience. Uh, and she's only partway through the book yet, so we can't 
completely critique it. But as she was saying, she's saying, uh, this guy was an atheist, had a near-death experience, believed he saw an angel, uh, and now he talks about God. And at the beginning of the book, he talks about God the Creator, God the whatever, and he's talking about God all the way through, and I said, has he mentioned Jesus yet? Now, I don't know. He may, Sam will let me know when he gets there. Uh, but that's the test, guys. That is the test. Who do they think Jesus is? Who do they believe Jesus is? If he's not Jesus Christ, God who comes to save us, he's not Jesus in flesh, completely and fully human, who goes to the cross and rises and dies again and rises for us, then it's not on. Even if it's a near-death experience, even if someone thinks they've had a vision from God, even if they think they've had a word from God, even if they think that somehow they're more, especially more spiritual than you. Jesus plus nothing. I'm going to watch that, don't you? Because there's a whole lot of Christian groups out there that will say Jesus plus tongues, Jesus plus worshipping on a certain day, Jesus plus you've got to do it this way, Jesus plus you've got to sing songs this way, Jesus plus you've got to actually do your format of church in a particular way. It's Jesus Christ who comes in the flesh is the test. And we've got to hold on to that. Don't let it go. What's our, what's our truth detector? Well, firstly, it's the content of the message. Is it from God? Does it match up with God? Is it true? Does it take us to God? Does it match up with the rest of the Scripture? Does it drive us into Jesus as Christ and the flesh, human, both human and deity together? Does it take it to him and him only? And then John says, well, does it match to, look at their lives. Uh, look at verse 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. What he's saying is they will take us and point us to the things that the world desire us to have and they'll live a life like the world desires them to have. So if we hear someone who's speaking to us and telling us, even they might even be telling us about Jesus, but then they're living a lifestyle that doesn't match that, in living it out as a distinctive follower of Jesus who loves one another, who hates sin, who doesn't go down that track, who talks about giving up everything for Jesus and shows that, then we've got to be careful, don't we? And we can only know that over time, can't we? Uh, that's a hard one, isn't it? We might see snippets of that. We might see someone who's, uh, who's speaking about that and he's got ten Rolls Royces in his garage. You've got to wonder then, don't you? But over time, we don't see that too often, but over time we have seen big guys fall, haven't we? We've seen people who've been charlatans, who've come in the name of Jesus and have been charlatans, who've ripped people off, who've taken money, who've taken it from them. And said, if you give me, give money to me, then you'll be blessed by God. We've seen that. So we've got to be careful, don't we? We've got to be careful and look at the lives of people. We need to be careful who we listen to. Uh, look what it says there. We are from God and whoever, in verse 6, whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. We live in an age where we can listen to just about anyone, anywhere, can't we? You just go onto the net, plug in Christianity, you'll get every gamut of person out there telling you, speaking to you. Uh, go onto the YouTube, you'll get everyone telling you their perspective and what it's on about. And there are some big guys out there doing some great stuff, by the way, and there's some great people to be listening to. But even the great people that we listen to, we've got to be testing. Uh, 
some people have been telling me, some minister mates of mine have been telling me that it's, it's hard sometimes because they turn up on Sunday and they go to give their best effort in what they're preaching. Uh, but these guys, everyone during the week, are listening to people like Driscoll and Diva and Warren and Houston and all these blokes out there, Keller and all these great speakers, and they come back and here's their pitiful little effort they give out there. Uh, it's hard, isn't it? But they still, everyone says, well, even in that, and even when we listen to them, we need to be testing them. We do have a lie detector. We do have a truth detector. We have, whether they're from God, does it test up to scripture? Does it focus in on Jesus as both God and human and the only way to salvation? Nothing more, nothing less, only Jesus. Do their lifestyle match up? with their words? Do they walk the walk? And when we do those, the verse says to us right then, this is how we recognise the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. See, it's not just a feeling. Checking out whether the spirit knows this is true. We need to trust in the spirit in doing that, but it's not just, I'm going to pray to the spirit and hope that the spirit leads me in the right way here. It's the spirit of truth takes us to the word, doesn't it? Takes us into this and says, is this from God? Is this about Jesus? Does their life match up? And then the spirit of truth will come and say yes or no. Yes, we listen. No, we turn off the television. We shut down the computer. We don't go to that website. When the person knocks at the door, we recognise what's going on. When the person down the street in the caravan park tells us that you've got to believe in Jesus but you've got to speak in tongues as well, we say, no, sorry, not on. And you say, 1 John 4, John tells us we need to test. Can I encourage you in that? Uh, Test me. Uh, Test everything. Uh, Take it and see whether it's from God's word. See whether we're driving into Jesus as both God and man in our only salvation. Test the lifestyle. See how we live. See the people that you listen to and how they live. The people that you read and how they live. Test them because some of the greatest divisions that have happened in Christians throughout the centuries have been by people who have actually been part of the Christian church who have just varied and deviated and led people astray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks that you don't leave us to ourselves, that you have given us your spirit within us, that you have given us your word to test it against and you have given us Jesus. We want to thank you and praise you for that, Lord. Help us to always have ears that do listen to you, Lord, that are attentive to you, attentive to your word and attentive to those that are bringing your word to us. But give us ears, Lord, to test as well, to seek to see that they're not leading us away from you, from your truth, from your Son, Jesus. We pray that by your Spirit you'll help us to know what is true and what is false. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.